What's Up Whittier? Welcome to What's Up Whittier, a homegrown podcast. A podcast to showcase Whittier's businesses, personalities, and hidden treasures. Hey neighbors, producer Christine here with this week's Community Cork Board announcements. Every Friday from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. we have the Uptown Whittier Farmer's Market, located on the corner of Philadelphia and Bright. Next up we have Death Trap by Ira Levin. This is the final weekend to go see the show. It looks like March 1st and 2nd at 8 p.m. are your last two options. You can head on over to the Whittier Community Theater, 7630 Washington Avenue, to their box office for more information. Homeowners, did you know that as of January 2017, you can now add a second unit on your property. You can rent the smaller second unit while you live in your primary home. And then later on, when you no longer need your huge home, you can rent it out and move into the smaller second unit. J2 Architects presents a workshop on March 2nd. It will be held in Uptown Whittier, so please be sure to call or text 562-522-0056 for more information and to RSVP today. I love Paris. Join Bridge of Faith for their annual fashion show fundraiser, and this year's theme is I Love Paris. It'll take place Saturday, March 2nd from 11 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. at the Ritz Gardens, 11201 First Avenue. You can pick up your tickets at the Upscale Collectibles in Uptown Weir, which is located on the corner of Greenleaf and Walnut, or you can show up. Just kidding, you cannot show up. Reservations are required, and it is $40 for a ticket, so please call 562-322-5265 or mail your check to P.O. Box. 9105 Whittier, California. And again, all proceeds will benefit Bridge of Faith, where our mission is to empower girls and women who have aged out of foster care or are facing homelessness. For more information, visit bridgeoffaith.org. Alrighty, everybody. I'm telling you, I am obsessed with the Knotted Apron. They have great contemporary cooking classes, so let me give you a few right now. On March 7th, there is the Steakhouse class. Tuition is $65. Again, it's March 7th at 7 p.m. You can purchase your tuition online. We will post the link below in the description. But let me tell you a little bit about the menu. First, you'll learn how to make a tomato salad. Then you'll have roasted potatoes with infused garlic chili oil. You will learn to cook a pan-seared asparagus with lemon butter. And of course, you're gonna make steak. You're gonna be basting with thyme, rosemary, and butter. And then you'll finish off with a flambe of seasonal fruit. Alright, so steaks aren't your thing. What about easy healthy meals? Well, lucky for you, Chef George Caldera also has easy healthy meals on March 14th at 7 p.m. Again, the cost of the tuition and tuition is $65. For this menu, you'll learn how to do quinoa with roasted squash, a lemon bulgur salad, roasted honey and walnut chicken, and a chocolate chia seed pudding with cashew cream topping. Again, visit thenaughtydapron.com and all classes are located at the Naughty Apron 6712 Greenleaf Avenue. On Saturday, March 9th from 8.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m., Couture Salon and Spa presents The Empowered Woman, an interactive and empowering workshops whose proceeds will benefit the My Refuge House. If you remember when Eileen Rodriguez was on our podcast, you can listen and learn a little bit more about 
Couture Salon and Spa's mission and how they help my refuge house and their mission, which is a wonderful organization that helps human trafficking victims learn how to do hair skills. So that's really cool. The event is $40 and 100% of the proceeds goes back to my refuge house. From 9 a.m. to 9.30, you will have the booty and abs class taught by Adina from Michael Searle Fitness. At 9.40 to 10 o'clock, you'll have yoga with Melanie Salas. From 10 a.m. to 10.30, you will have an empowering speech by speaker Jennifer Naranjo. And from 10.30 to 11.30, enjoy brunch, raffles, and networking. Check out the link below. Do you absolutely love the art stroll in Uptown Whittier? Well, lucky for you, there's another one on the calendar Wednesday, March 13th from 5 to 9 p.m. All along Greenleaf Avenue, you'll be able to enjoy wonderful handcrafted art and other goodies, you know, on a beautiful Wednesday night. If you want to apply, please visit uh, Uptown Whittier Art Stroll. On April 27th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., join the United Nations Association of Whittier for their Whittier Earth Day celebration, a free event appreciating Mother Earth. It's going to be located at the Grassy Lot, 6718 Greenleaf Avenue in Uptown, right in front of the parking structure. This is a free community event featuring speakers, yoga, kids' crafts, and more. Check out the website below to see how you can become a sponsor today. Alright, another event for that Saturday, Saturday, April 27th. This is at 11.30 a.m. Join the Whittier Historical Society and Museum for their Fashion to a Tea Runway of Curiosity Annual Fashion Show Fundraiser. This is at the Whittier Museum at 6755 Newland Avenue, Whittier, California, 90601. You can check out the link below to order your tickets online. All right, everybody, it's finally back. I am so excited for this event. You know, we've been doing this podcast. This is going on our third year. And, you know, we've never had the opportunity to do a Taps and Tapas episode. And I really hope that we're able to do one this year. I'm so excited to be able to go. I went to my first one in 2016. And I think Jesse and Remo were on the board at that time. And um, oh, I, I, I really did not know them at the time. So it's kind of funny now that I think about it. I think Remo was selling tickets to the VIP and I asked him how much they were. And three years later. Um, so anyway, some more information about Taps and Tapas so you can save the date. It's Sunday, April 28th from 1 to 6 p.m. at Fiesta Hall, 12703 Philadelphia Street in Uptown. Just as a reminder, this is a 21 and up event. There are no kids allowed. So just let you know, there are 35, over 35 brewery and restaurant tastings. So the Whittier Uptown Association presents Taps and Tapas, the ultimate day of craft beer and food tasting. That will feature several craft breweries while showcasing Uptown's growing and vibrant restaurant scene. You can go onto the website for more information and buy your tickets online with the link in the description. All right, everybody, I love doing the podcast, which is I am always excited about the episodes that you're going to be listening to. This one's really cool, actually. Um, actually, Well, they're all really cool because I enjoy all the people that are on the podcast. That's, you know, why they're on. Thank you so much for subscribing, downloading, and listening to this show. You can follow the podcast on all of our social medias at What's Up Whittier, and on Twitter we are at What's Up 562. Go to our website, whatsupwittier.com slash listen to check out the archive of all of our past episodes with wonderful favorites such as Ricardo Diaz from Bizarra Capital and Colonia Publica. We also had Claudia Prado from Shop the Runway. And who else? We've also had Mike Cyril from Michael Cyril Fitness. We've had April Gallegos, La Pescadora, Stephanie Chu from State Farm. 
I'm trying to think. We've had Rose Dree's line from the collab. Who else have we had? Just so many people. Um, you know, most recently we just had some great nonprofits. So please check out Bridge FA and check out um, all of the wonderful ones. And then we're going to have more. So it's going to be great. Again, thank you for subscribing. If you know of any local nonprofits actually in the city of Whittier, please email me, Christine at whatsupwittier.com, and we'll see what we can do about getting them on the podcast. Whittier is such a great community because it's filled of so many giving people. You know, they don't call us the friendliest town or ye friendly town for no reason, right? Well, I really want to give this opportunity. If you know of any local nonprofits, please email me, Christine at whatsupwittier.com. I want to give this opportunity to local nonprofits so that they can get their name out and maybe other people could learn about it and say, hey, you know, I really like that cause. I want to give back and I want to give my time. I want to give my resources, whatever I can. So please let me know. You can follow me, producer Christine, at The Singing Moon on Instagram, and you can check out my website, christinesingerluna.com. I'm a notary. I'm a California certified notary public. So if you need one, please let me know. Visit my website, christinesingerluna.com. Feel free to reach out to our other two professionals on the podcast. We have Remo the Realtor. You can look up at Remo the Realtor or go to RemoTheRealtor.com to reach him. And we have Jesse from J2 Architects. You can look up J2 Architects. Go to J2Architects.com. And don't forget to check out his workshop this weekend. All right, neighbors, this is a really great episode. Take it away, Jesse and Remo. What's up, Whittier? Dun, da, da, da. Jesse, I'm back. You're back. <laughs> By popular demand, you were That's voted right. back in. Uh, there was uh, the poll had 200 people, and all of them said yes. <laughs> Actually, Christine, they're all my wife. They're all my wife and <laughs> my mom. Your wife's friends. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, we, we ran an ad to everyone put yes. <laughs> well, no, it's funny because uh, I don't know if you know this, Christine. Um, uh, Remo was watching us live, and so uh, he was like. Why would you guys be talking about stuff like that? I'm like, yeah. hey, man, it was the audience. The audience was. <laughs> yeah, right. I was part of the audience. <laughs> so we're, we're talking about voting them in, voting one out, out of yeah, the I missed podcast. two episodes. And so now they said I was on vacation. And so they had a running joke about should they let me back in. So, but here we are. Okay. That's right. That's right. Well, so, welcome home. Yes. That's right. So welcome today home. We have, uh, welcome back. Two special guests here uh, joining us today. Jesse? Uh, actually, two guests. One I already know. I've, I've actually met John several times before, and uh, we actually worked together uh, on a past uh, event. Um, and it feels like we've, we've uh, gone through several projects together, even though it was just one <laughs> tiny project, <laughs> at least for me. Um, uh so anyways, I'll let John introduce himself, but you're also here with Jordan. Um, say hi, guys, and, and introduce yourselves. Okay. I'm John Bynan, I'm president of the United Nations Association, which is a local chapter of a national organization that uh, uh, tries to keep people in touch with what's going on in the United Nations. And as we're doing this, John's getting a call from the United Nations. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I put the United Nations on hold. Yeah. Um, um, Anyway, the uh, the UN had done a lot of original, uh, mobilized a number of uh, scientists to try to, to find out what was going on with uh, climate change and global warming, and so they mobilized about 300 uh, scientists and did a lot of research and set up a, an elaborate program. 
Uh, and it's really from there that we begin to understand the problem we're facing. So we're a local chapter, and since the UN is concerned with climate, the local chapter is concerned with climate, and so we do what we can. Particularly, we sponsor the Earth Day, and, uh, and this year we're joined by Jordan, who has her own initiatives and her own training in, in the field, so we, we've got a, a good team. Nice. Hello, I'm Jordan. Um, <laughs> I've lived in Whittier my whole life, and... About a year ago, I just decided that there were some things that I wanted to see happen in the community, so I just started it, and that was with Instagram. And then through going through the um, climate reality training with Al Gore and doing a couple little events, I met John, and now just on board doing environmental things. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, she organized a a little march up and down uh, Greenleaf, and so I joined the march, and that's how we got to know each other. Nice. Very cool. So the United Nations. So I, I, you know, here's me being really naive. I hear United Nations and I'm thinking there's a summit that's happening somewhere. How does that interact or what is really the United Nations? Well, that would uh, require about 45 sessions here to explain. <laughs> but um, Session one. Yeah. <laughs> session one, basically. Uh, United Nations has a political things where uh-huh. they do meet and try to make decisions. The Security Council, that makes the news. Um, but basically what the United Nations is, is uh, there's a secretariat, there are people within the UN who work on supporting almost any activity of any ministry of any country on earth. In other words, if you're a ministry, if you're a country and you have a program for youth, there's some place in the UN system you can go to and get advice. Uh, so this happens to be a case where, okay, climate and science is a, is a problem, so you can go to the United Nations and find out something, and what they do is they pull together the technical expertise to try to share information from one country to the next so that everybody can raise their average level. Right. So how is that tied back to Whittier? Because you just mentioned that it's a Whittier chapter. Like, like what's, what's your guys' um, um, I guess mission statement or, or what would, what's the right word? Yeah, that's good. So, Jordan, your slogan was? My slogan for... For Whittier was? Cleaner, greener, Whittier. That's that's my Instagram. That's just kind of what I have been trying to push for. But United Nations. Yeah, well, our slogan for Whittier was a little different. It was greener, leafier, carbon-free Whittier. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but in, in a nutshell, that's it. Um, yeah, but we both, when you get into this problem, you find out there are two issues, one of which is uh, what's creating CO2, greenhouse gas pollution, and what's absorbing it. Yeah. Uh, what's creating it is transportation and, and houses and industry. What's absorbing it is the green. Uh, so if you're going to look at environment, you need to look at both the input and the output. So based on that, I guess, what is... What is that one – if you have a list of items of what you want to tackle uh, here in Whittier, what's the number one item? Well, if we take a look at greenhouse gases in Southern California, uh, and it's a little hard to separate, isolate Whittier from Southern California since we're surrounded by city. Yeah. Um, but the biggest greenhouse gas producer, like about 50% of it, is coming out of our transportation. So uh, the number one thing to do is that. 
Jordan. I would I would yeah. say start building the infrastructure for future like for alternative energy vehicles. So I drive an electric vehicle and there's not a charger, a single charger in Whittier at the moment. So it'd just be nice to start seeing some infrastructure built so that these things can become more common and easier for people to use and be more familiar with because um, when you look at California, they're the leaders in adoption of electric vehicles, but really lagging behind in the infrastructure and the ratio of charger to car is very low. So that's something that I'd like to see in Whittier is just building an infrastructure where it just becomes easy. And that's not easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll, I'll get, I'll let you, so there was way back when there was a company I was talking to that was, um, they had grants on doing something like that here mm-hmm. locally. Um, but just the process to get that approved through the city or through the community, then the city, and then do it was a long time. And some of these companies, when they have the money to or the resources to put it out, they need to do it like in the next day or two. Um, so I think that's the first battle, right, is making yeah. sure that everybody's on board to doing something like that. Mm-hmm. Because I think the means, and we're talking this before the the, the podcast, is that you can put the requ- all the requirements you want, but unless you have people who are on board and and they have the means to do this, then you're never going to get people on board. Um, you know, we talked about you know having solar ready homes, yeah, you know? and just the cost to do that upfront is it worth it? Is it not worth it? Um, Remo just mentioned you know that he's looking at doing solar panels yeah. for his home. He spent the money out front to have it solar ready, but it makes sense for him because he's he's thinking about doing something like that. Um, so we have all these little challenges. I think it's great that we're talking about it because it, you have to be in that same mindset of, of wanting to go somewhere and be somewhere. How you get there, I think it's going to be a process. I mean, yeah. it's just you know, mm-hmm. and being in conversation with all the pe- with all the right players. I mean, you talked about that example. So if the city makes it difficult for you to be able to put a, a public charging station, then you could have all the message and so forth. But if there is restrictions and it's you know going to the city and saying we have this process and it's really slow, how can what do we need to do and you know provide so we can streamline this mm-hmm. in order to get more charging stations? Because a lot of landlords or people that would be approached, you tell them you got to go to the city and do this, and they're like, okay, well. Thanks. Good luck. <laughs> Good yeah. luck. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, some some years ago, I uh, uh, when I was starting this program, trying to uh-huh. introduce a notion of environmental awareness in, in Whittier, more than just saving the hills. Uh, talking to city council and oh, a newcomer said, "Look, John, he said, you know, back off. We don't want to be first, mm-hmm. but we also don't want to be last." That's right. Um, and that's really what Whittier is. It's a cautious city. Yeah. But what I would like to say, and I, uh, I'm surprised to hear myself saying this, I must say, is that things are on the move. Mm-hmm. The The adoption of this Clean Power Alliance is a major step, in my opinion, in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Jesse, you deal with the problem of money. Uh, I'm... I don't have to deal with clients and, and arguing <laughs> over budgets, so therefore I can be a little more lofty. And, you know, my argument is, well, do the right thing. That's right. Uh, and the planet really needs us all to mm-hmm. do the right thing. We need to figure out how to make it affordable. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
this is a major, this is, this is an existential problem, and, and we've got to find ways to make it work. Yeah. An urgent problem. It's an urgent, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you mentioned the, the clean power lines. Can you explain a little bit about what that is and... and well, you know, it's it, you know, there's a little story behind that, and that is that there's a, another group in town called the Citizens Climate Lobby, uh, and uh, so they have a, an annual statewide conference or Southern California conference, and they were uh, they invited the mayor of the city of Lancaster, who had decided that his whole city should go energy carbon free. Uh, yeah, he was a good Republican, but uh, also a guy who knew the bottom line. Uh, and sitting out there with all of the wind and the sun of Lancaster, he's right. like, this yeah. is bloody, you know, why, why, why do I have to pay these big electrical bills? This yeah. makes no sense. Uh, and so uh, Lancaster decided to go uh, carbon-free. And uh, they invited him to come and speak. We invited them, all of the members of the city council, and uh, Fernando Dutra came. Nice. Uh, you know, Fernando's a technical guy, and he likes gadgets. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and so he was rather taken by that. Then we kept some kind of dialogue going there, but I wasn't too optimistic. And then one day, the city engineer apparently had lunch with the city engineer of Downey. And the guy in Downey said, man, you really ought to sign up for the C- Clean Power Alliance. It means that uh, you can get carbon, carbon-free power for, a, for an affordable rate. Uh, the result of that is the city council finally voted uh, four to one abstention to adopt the Clean Power Alliance, and that represents, in my opinion, a major a major opening. This is this is very different than where we were five years ago. Mm-hmm. City council is not going to buy anything that's a pig in a poke. They want to know that it makes sense, yeah. but they're listening. And that's huge. I mean, because <clears throat> you're right. You just said about you know not wanting to be first. Nobody wants to be the first in in certain things, and I think this is one of those cases, right? Because again, the investment one is the investment, second is the the trial and error, right? And if you're talking about power, I mean, I don't think anybody wants to do a trial and error on power. <laughs> I well, think we're talking, and I think the cost initially being first is very expensive yeah. compared to. I mean, you mentioned when we before we started the solar panel technology years ago is nowhere where it is now. So had you filled up your roof with these older solar panels, they're just no longer as efficient as they are. So there's some truth to it, but it has to start somewhere. So that percent being 50%, you know, we talked about um, the transportation. What would be a solution to getting that reduced? Is it changing the buses? Is it changing vehicles? Is it making, you know, tighter uh, restrictions on uh, what – kind of O2 is pushed out by these vehicles, what, what would you guys say as a recommendation? You want to give that one a try, Jordan, or you want me to? You go ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll well, think about it. Number one, uh, some kind of, of uh, alternative energy for our automobiles. Uh, those are the big consumers, and the electric vehicles are uh, a step in the right direction, provided we're generating the electricity with, with renewable sources. If we can generate electricity with uh, with wind and, yeah. and solar, then mm-hmm. electric automobiles make sense. The other option, which is kind of the sleeping giant, is hydrogen-powered fuel cells. Uh, that's trickier because installing the hydrogen power stations is more expensive and it's been slow to come. But once we deal with the automobiles, the second thing is going to be the trucks. 
Uh, and electric doesn't make a whole lot of sense for trucks because the range, the yeah. question of range, uh, and also the port. Now, actually, it's worth going to Long Beach and talking to the guys at the port. They have made a huge effort to reduce their carbon footprint. Um, and I don't know exactly what those steps were that they took, but they had a lot of diesel-powered vehicles that were ferrying stuff around the port, yeah. and they have managed to replace that with electric, uh, particularly with electric-powered vehicles. A I couple of days, I mean, yesterday, I think, they had a big thing that the Long Beach port has started going more automotive. And so everything's electrical. The, the big trucks, the containers are being transported by, by, by not people anymore. They're just machines in a sense, and they're all electrical. So I had not heard that. Are yeah. the union union machines? Oh, that was <laughs> that that was the, the conversation. Is now the union's like, well, you guys are replacing us, yeah. but these are electrical trucks that are have their own built-in GPS and they're moving containers around yeah. with no no yeah. human interaction. So, um, oh man. So anyway, but um, but in your world, Jesse, the other uh, you know, sort of the second major consumer is, is is houses, buildings. Yeah, uh, and there we can uh, we try to encourage uh, people to retrofit their house so that it will be energy efficient, mm-hmm. which means changing the windows, insulating the walls and the windows, and uh, and there are companies that are contractors who specialize yeah. now in doing energy efficient. Uh, buildings it's an exciting bunch well again we talked about that earlier um you know uh, for my clients specifically on the home side um when they always ask me about solar panels and 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 you know what it would take to add solar panels my response is always well first before you install the panels um is it's exactly that make your home as efficient as possible first spend Mm -hmm. the money there so buy new efficient appliances um, Energy Star appliances, uh, replace the the windows, insulate the walls, the attic, all that good stuff. After that, if your if your bill is not reduced by a, a good fraction, then at that point you could you know replace it with with solar panels. You know, one of the exciting things uh, one of these companies I got to talking to, and uh, they said, "Well, come, we'll do a little demonstration on your house." Yeah. And so they came and did um, is it infrared. Oh, the camera, uh, Checking yeah. with the camera where, where they can aim this little device at all the corners of your house and tell you exactly where it's leaking energy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and they put a fan in, in one of the doors, and so they increase the pressure inside the house, and they see where, the, where it's leaking out. It's really fun to get done. And um, uh, usually the contractor, I mean, they might charge somewhere between 250 to $500 to do it, mm-hmm. but if you give them some work, then they write it off. Yeah. So that's something I think we should really encourage. Uh, um, and it's sort of like shooting fish in a rain barrel, that one. That's, uh, it, it doesn't get us involved with a lot of complicated, extraneous things. Yeah. Does it need to be that technical for the normal person? So, And the reason why I ask that is if you know you have inefficient windows, should you just spend that $200, $500 towards the windows and not? Or should you... You know, that's like like being sick and going to the doctor and saying you're going to spend money on aspirin. Uh-huh. Not a good way to spend your money. Yeah. <laughs> These guys really know what they're talking Got about. It. They are not Got giving it. an opinion. They are giving you information, Got it. which is solid. Got it. I see. Yeah. Now, in terms of uh, um, again, we're talking about transportation, but what what else is? I mean, one of the your kind of mission statements you talked about greener 
or, or leafier, right? Leafier, uh, right? Okay. Uh, community, um, what are you guys doing uh, for for making them more leafier? Because we have a lot of trees. I mean, I don't know where else. Yeah, you're <laughs> yeah we're the city of trees. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I work for a nonprofit, a cleaner, greener East LA, and they're partnering with other groups to plant trees in Whittier and incorporated Whittier. Oh, nice. So they're trying to give them some attention because um, as we were going around collecting, you know, talking to the residents there, they've had um, a difficult history with the trees that they were planted there before. So yes. they were, you know, they broke the sidewalk and they ruined the pipes. And so most of them were cut down, so they're heavily lacking in trees in that area, and especially being near the freeway. Mm-hmm. So this grant is to plant them in that area and ones that are non-invasive um, to try and supplement what they're lacking. So, Would you know what the recommended tree is, replacement tree is? <laughs> the reason yeah. why I ask is I'm, I want to go down my neighborhood that's exactly what I have in my neighborhood. You you walk, you pull up in this block and it's like it's a sad block. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's because they when they planted the trees, they planted them right next to the water line. Yeah. And yeah. everybody tore them down because mm-hmm. it was tearing up the water line. Yeah. And so when we were talking to the residents, they had this attitude that was kind of like, "Oh, not another tree." Exactly. Like, it was mm-hmm. a headache for them. So I was trying to encourage them and saying, you know, they made the mistake. They're trying to fix it now with planting these ones that are better they're not going to cost you you know they're not going to use a lot of water they're not going to tear up so the tree species that they're planting now um they have some smaller ones and some bigger ones um crepe myrtle and purple orchid are two that are the smaller ones that they're going to be planting so and they're nice trees too yeah yeah they are and they're shading trees so again they're going to be reducing the energy cost of the home yeah i got four of those in my in my in my home Mm -hmm. uh Aside from giving shade and not requiring a lot of water, they bloom very nice. They do, yeah. Those are the ones with the purple. Mm-hmm. Is it true that when they fall and if they're not cleaned up, they smell, though? I haven't noticed it in my house. Are those jacarandas? It's probably a jacarandas. Jacar- 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 that the ones near Starbucks and near your house? Yeah. Those <laughs> ones, when they fall and they, they're not cleaned up, they they have a really foul smell. Okay. <laughs> so, no. anyways, just in case you wanted to know, just... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that information, yeah. Remo. But, you know, there's another thing we came across. There's a group which is called the Expanded Emerald Necklace, or Amigos de los Rios. Um, and this operates out of Altadena, actually. Uh, an interesting woman runs this thing, and she was involved in tree planting in the Whittier Narrows hmm. because some of the old trees had been uh, gotten a disease. And so they were dying out, and she mobilized uh, the local Rotary Club, and I don't know who else to go out there and volunteer their time on a Saturday to, to plant trees in, in in our green space. Nice. And, and that, in fact, I think, for me, that's kind of the the, uh, the undiscovered uh, beauty of, of the Whittier area is the narrows. We all talk about the hills. We all know the hills. We all walk in the hills. But the narrows don't doesn't get the same kind of attention. But that's right. actually, that's wetlands. Mm-hmm. And from an environmental point of view, it's more important than the hills. Yeah. So we really need to take care of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Today I heard on the news that the, the Corps of Engineers says the dam needs to be majorly reconstructed. Replaced, yeah. And I'm hoping that they do that with some kind of environmental awareness. You're, you know what? That's That totally makes sense. I mean, it, this is the time to do it. Because kind of what we talked about earlier is that 
if you're going to spend the money to do something, might as well plan it out well so it can incorporate some of those kind of features, um, sustainable features, because at that point, yeah, you're just throwing your money away. what else, I mean, aside from – I'm trying to go more specific in what you're – Well, yeah, okay. We, we also talk about land use, which yeah. is uh, basically, uh, for example, the maintaining parks or increasing the park area. Or uh, even – and this is a good question for you – is this idea of increasing the density of housing in order to reduce the amount of, uh, of area that is devoted to circulation. Correct. Uh, the Sierra Club throws a fit when people start talking about increasing density. the density. <laughs> Personally, you know, I've lived in places of high density, and I think it's a great idea. Yeah. But uh, uh, it would be interesting to get your local reaction. I mean, does that sell or not? It seems to me these three-story buildings actually are a I'll tell great you idea, provided they leave a little bit of park space in the middle of the cluster somewhere. It sells. Or, or you don't have to sell it to people who are wanting to build something like that. I think you need to sell it to the community, and that's a hard sell. Um, aside from the community, it's really going back to whatever city you're working with to be able to buy that, uh, buy the idea, right? Um, I'll give you an example. I'm working on a project in San Bernardino where their requirements are, are if you're going to go, if you're going to put, if you're going to be very dense in a specific lot, then you got to have a certain amount of open space. Yeah, um, and the open space does a couple things. One is it obviously creates a space for people to, again, uh, come together. Space. Yeah, um, But it also does um, – uh, uh, you have imp- uh, permeable uh, surfaces mm-hmm. that now captures the, the rainwater or whatever drainage uh, that's coming down. And it's naturally bringing it back or diverting it back to the uh, aqueduct down below. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you talk about trying to create those areas – um, it totally makes sense, right? Yeah. Um, but to have somebody buy into that, uh, whether it's a, a, like again a community or the city themselves, it's uh, you got to show those benefits. Um, and I think it's it's I think we we're talking about this earlier. Is like the time you spend on trying to educate somebody and show them why they should be doing something like that is it takes so much time. Mm-hmm. Uh, to catch on, and uh, it's it's time and money, right? You're you're spending that time to do something like that, and they might even do it. They they might not even ever do it, uh, but to be able to have somebody from a city standpoint or community standpoint and buy off on it and support that idea, it'll just pick up, and and I think everybody start doing it. Um, so yes, I think going back to what you'd ask about density, I think it totally makes sense. Because then it, it and then it, it kind of hits other things. It hits the, the local economy. You know, I mean, there's a lot of benefits to it. Transportation gets reduced because now you're walking or mm-hmm. biking. You know, um, so there is a lot of benefits yeah. like that. Yeah. So in terms of our goals, the uh, fourth one was uh, uh, the the uh, exchange economy. Uh, you know, this has been particularly Megan Hobsa who's been supporting things like the uh, the Sustainable Whittier, Sustainable City movement to uh, encourage the free store and encourage people to reuse things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is something that we also give some emphasis to, to just be nice. more efficient on the stuff we have. And, uh, uh, and that's huge, too, because, again, you talk about consumer or consuming – and we ran out with Amazon. We we purchased two of everything, right? <laughs> it's like, it's like, do we really need to? <laughs> like, um, but I, I think the more, again, the more that becomes um, 
mainstream, right? That that more people are doing it, and it's like the cool thing to do. I think it'll catch on. But for now, it's it's again, you gotta you gotta educate people about it. So yeah, it takes a lot of attitude changes. Yeah. Uh, but even things like recycling the garbage is, has been done, so that we've managed somehow to get the cities to buy into that the trash. Yeah. Until the Chinese stopped buying it, and now we've got That's a problem right. apparently. But <laughs> but um, that is an idea that had been s- sold, and I think that's you know, part of this business of, of get some kind of control on our consumer society so that we're not so wasteful. Yeah. Well, yeah. was that idea of recycling? Do you think it was something that happened over a couple of years, or did it take a generation? Oh God, it took. It took. Took two generations that I'm aware of. Yeah, and that, that's what I'm, my, my thinking. I remember yeah, reuse, yeah. Re, reuse, recycle, recycle. recycle. Reduce. Yeah, so that was a campaign yeah. that I remember when I was in grade school. And yeah. now, you know, recycling is more people do it, and it, it's cool. And but initially, it, people were having a hard time educating. Do you think that it's the same when it comes to more of the sustainable energy, where this is not a, a problem that's going to be fixed over the next year, five years? Is it? You know, planting the seed for seeing this roll out in 50 years from now, or what would be your guys' viewpoint? That's Jordan to answer that one. <laughs> um, I think it does take a lot of, I guess, empowering people and letting them know that they, their individual choice matters and that it is, makes a difference. And so empowering them, educating them, showing them maybe examples of other places that have done similar things and how it's helped them. Um, I guess it takes time, but it's it's gradual. Yeah, well, you mentioned earlier with this getting the city involved and maybe some sort of, um, you know, incentive. So I'm thinking if I'm a developer or if I'm someone that's going to invest money into something and there's, there's the, the cheaper way of doing it, and then there's the better long way of doing it. I don't mind doing the better long way as long as it makes sense, you know, really financially as well. So if I know cities go in there and offer some sort of reduction on fees and so forth. I think if the city's offering stuff like that, and maybe that might be more the education because they could get that going a lot quicker than just one person wanting to do it versus, you know, getting a handful of cities wanting yeah. to do it. Yeah. Going back to what you just mentioned, Jordan, um, if 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 somebody's uh, uh, at home listening to this and they want to kind of put in their contribution to our, our our daily reduction of of um, of I guess trash <laughs> um, or, or making making our planet a little bit greener, mm-hmm. what what would you suggest that they could start doing now that that would be um, not it that would not require a lot of effort. Mm-hmm. Um, I think taking a look at your trash, like physically digging through it and seeing what is in it. So is it a lot of food packaging? Is it a lot of junk mail? Like just trying to see what it is and then try and find ways to avoid that. Um, and then just trying to work around it and find solutions because it's pretty simple once you take a look and you know what it is that you need to work on, then you can just find simple solutions to make it work. Yeah, my my latest contribution to my family is a bunch of worms Mm. for doing vermiculture where you put your garbage in the box along with the worms, and the worms think it's pretty tasty stuff. 
like composting, and it mm-hmm. turns it into compost. Yeah, it's just a it's a sort of another version of composting. But very, they have very special worms that do this, and um, and they have teeth. These worms apparently, so they eat even hard things. Nice. Um, how, but, how long does something like that take? Uh, well, I, I can't answer that question because I haven't really been able to. I harvested some some water from this thing the other day. I've been having it for only uh, this this exercise like two months. Uh, but you can drain the water off of it and use the water as as fertilizer. Uh, and it, but this composter has got a number of layers, and so you sort of do it layer at a time. And yeah. it's just not not going to. I'm not going to have an avocado ranch out of this, but I uh, <laughs> get a little bit of compost. Yeah. I have another thing I can add. Um, your diet, I think, is very important, and this is the not so easy to change for some people. But you know how they have like meatless Mondays, like something as small as just reducing your consumption of meat and dairy, mm. even if it's a couple days per week or once a week or once a month or one meal per day whatever you can do that significantly significantly reduces a lot so that really counts well explain a little further how, how does sure. how does remo going mondays without eating meat and, yeah. Actually, and milk my, my so. wife likes when i don't <laughs> eat milk <laughs> <laughs> let's get that out of there, so. um okay so for me um the land that's used for these animals to graze is more of more land than we use for growing food hmm. for growing crops so if you think of the amount of land that takes the amount of water that takes to grow the crops that are feeding those animals um it's a lot and then from those animals comes methane gas which mm-hmm. is greenhouse gases so it just really all adds up and they're they're the biggest polluters in the world that industry animal agriculture so mm-hmm. and then for dairy um same things. It's the cows who are out there and grazing mm-hmm. and the methane emissions. So that's it, Remo. That makes it easy for me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So much, so much for the hamburgers, Remo. If you start <laughs> looking up the carbon footprint of a hamburger, the water footprint, you'd be horrified. It's, it's, it's yes. what, like six hundred gallons per water per hamburger or some unbelievable yeah. number. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And then I just think the main thing is like the land use. Like if we could just. Instead of using that land for those animals to graze, if we could just grow food there, we could. I've heard studies that say that we could literally end world hunger with the amount of food that we can grow on this land. But, see, there's but see, as soon as we do that, then then there's going to be a lot of businesses out of business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it will well, create new, business. new businesses. There'll be more farmers. No, no, it's, it's funny you said that because, of course, I was joking. Uh, because um, you're right. You look at all these. Um, you're driving down Main Streets, and they have these little planters along the center divider, and they're all decorative plants. Uh, and that's what I tell my wife. I'm like, I, I, I'm opposed to planting a lot of decorative plants mm-hmm. unless it's serving me a purpose. Um, and I was like, at one point, I was telling like, you know, why don't why don't these cities turn those medians into like uh, agriculture? You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. That'll feed homeless. I mean, so mm-hmm. people don't get run over. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, but you, right, I know you're you're crossing the street for a head of lettuce. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not my work too. <laughs> but but you know that's a lot of. I mean, you talk about all the water that's wasted. All the you know they got to yeah. go out there main you know maintenance and. Mm-hmm. Like, but again, it get, it goes back to like, well, are are we really solving a problem or we're creating a problem? Right, like yeah. we just mentioned. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's uh. 
there's a lot of I think ideas that need to kind of go through and, mm-hmm. and it would make sense because um, that's just one part the other one was like NYLA City sort of doing the whole uh, replace your lawn kind of thing right where they mm-hmm. give you credit for, for replacing your lawn mm-hmm. um, they actually started doing uh, where you can start repiping your home mm-hmm. so now the, the uh, gray water right uh, mm-hmm. goes into back into your landscape yeah uh, so you're, you're having you're being more efficient with your water usage mm-hmm. um, but again city of LA is is very you know forward thinking mm-hmm. they're all about you know trying to make sure that that some of this stuff gets done because they know the benefits of it yeah but I know they're pumping a lot of money towards these ideas yeah um, and and the majority of that is all is all education um, which is what you guys are doing right you guys are, are obviously trying to educate uh, the the public on stuff that they need to be doing mm-hmm. um, which is why you guys got this next event coming up uh, April. 27th. <laughs> there you go. And tell us a little bit about that and, and, and what we, what should we expect for that day? Okay. Well, this is now, I think, the ninth time we've done an Earth Day event uh, in, in Whittier. The, this will be the third or fourth one out of doors. It is a public event. Um, uh, and it is basically uh, an attempt to let the community know what uh, what is being done for for the environment um, and challenging some of our leaders and some of our citizens to do more uh, we have uh, on the one hand we have some speakers and then the other thing we have are information booths where you can come and talk to people who've got different uh, projects and products and experiences that they've had on doing things that are environmentally conscious mm-hmm. um, uh, so I, th- go ahead, Jordan. I think um, there's an extra focus this year on making it interactive and making it um, you're not just going to go sit and learn. You're going to like Get hands on, hands on and kind of see tangible things that you can do that are going to make a difference. So rather than just sitting back in, you know, a display or you're going to just get more more things to do that will make you feel empowered and educated and ready to make change and would this be for homeowners or is it for anybody or everybody yeah there's um there's something for everybody we're gonna have even things for children so children can come and learn you know so yeah i think there's something for everybody very cool yeah we invite uh, uh sponsors to to take a booth and we also invite uh, non-profit organizations to come and uh, share their things um, but the challenge is always to how to make it interactive, and this is Jordan represents the, the generation shift. Uh, there you go. Yeah, uh, and that's that's why I'm so pleased that she's come on board. But uh, um, we try to make it exciting, interesting, and informative, and uh, and there it is. It's right on Main Street for everybody to come, drop in, drop with, out. With the events that you guys have had in the past, what do you think pulls the the most interaction? Or what's the, the the fun things, the hot things that people want to come and see? Is it the speakers? Is it the you know the, the kids stuff that you guys are going to be doing? Yeah, that's in the past. What has it been? Yeah, I mean, you guys have had some. You mentioned nine events so far in Woodier. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think pulls a crowd? Well, you know, when we do it, did it in church basements, it was a speaker event, and so the speakers pulled the crowd. As soon as we've gone out on the, in the public. People don't want to listen to the speakers, so 
I have to give very strict instructions to the speakers. You've got five <laughs> minutes to make your point and to get out of here. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Some of the popular booths have been uh, 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 a couple of uh, suppliers of, of, uh, of, of produce. I've forgotten now the names of them at the, uh, right offhand, but they, they have uh, produce which is not good Im- enough to be sold in stores. Imperfect produce. Imperfect produce. There you go. Uh, and so we had two of those last year, and that, that got a lot of attention. We had the fellow dealing with hydrogen automobile, uh, hydrogen-powered fuel cell automobiles. Uh, he got quite a bit of attention. And last year, the, uh, the Friends of the Hills, this uh, Amigos de los Rios and the uh, Sierra Club, uh, all three had uh, a lot of people – talking and, and really giving practical ideas and, well, what kind of trees can I plant? What sort of things do I put in? Yeah. Um, and we've had the children booths, which uh, Megan did one a couple of years ago, which was uh, probably the biggest crowd puller of all. Everybody Especially dropped, the their, dropped their <laughs> child there and took off to do something else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was in the – so I, I, I kind of started at the beginning um, where I, I met John. We – was, I think, two, two, two Earth Days uh, events ago. Yeah. Um, and and at that event, you know what I noticed was it, it was more of the interactive stuff. At that time, we yeah. had um, we were showcasing automobiles. Yeah. Um, we had a couple electric cars. We had the hydrogen car. Um, we had the uh, trash truck that was uh, um, what is it? Uh, um, it's CNG actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I thought that was kind of cool. We got we had people who who were interested in that. I think for if if you were to ask me from a consumer side, yeah. I think there's a couple of things. One is is um, obviously it's a lifestyle, right? It, you you want to have to you want to you're gonna want to live that way. So one is is what's great about this lifestyle? That's one. The other one is um, uh, how how am I gonna benefit from this? In in a benefit, when I say benefit, it's a financial benefit. Um, how are you? Like uh, uh, roof panels or, or solar panels is one example. Like when it gets pitched, it's like, well, you're gonna save money on your electrical bill. That's one. I mean, it's great for for people who want to save money, but just the benefits that come with that. I mean, there's a lot of great things, you know, that will get reduced, right? And it helps the environment. So there's maybe I don't know if you have all your vendors already set up or not, but like if you could think in a way that we could it could benefit somebody in that sense. Like for me, I, I'd love to see a landscaper, mm-hmm. uh, somebody who again I, I I hate my lawn. Like I've been yeah. trying to kill my lawn for the last you know five six years, and the damn thing doesn't want to die. Um, <laughs> and with the rains, it just it, like came with the strong vengeance. But uh, <laughs> um, but if there's a way that we could uh, get together or get that information out there on what are the alternatives to that mm-hmm. um, that are they're eco friendly. Yeah, you know, that 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 makes sense, um, and. Aside from aesthetics, right, that you're going to mm-hmm. get a, a nice, beautiful lawn or, or landscaped area, like what is what is that cost savings or, or I don't know, return on investment or kind of think about it that way? Mm-hmm. Just because, again, the average person, and I'm kind of, you know, looking at my, my neck, the guy next, sitting next to me here. Mm-hmm. You better be playing at Christine. It's like, wh- what, would, what, would, what would you, why would you want to attend this event you know, uh, yeah. and and kind of that that stuff, mm-hmm. because I, I'll tell you this, John. I the 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 when I was there that day of the event, 
Um, you had Fernando Dutra as one of the speakers, and he was talking about how the city is going greener. Yeah. And just the stuff he was talking about, I was like, man, I didn't realize that the city of Whittier had, had that in place. You know, yeah. he was talking about the um, what is that that from PIH? You have the um, uh, not natural gas, but uh, well, it is. It's yeah, it's, it's, methane, natu- it's methane, natural yeah. natural gas coming off of the, uh, the methane line. Uh, yeah, the, what's the nice word for the junk, the dump? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's, but but again, you're you're using something that's not nice. Yeah. And converting it to something that's usable, right? Yeah. Um, but for me, it was like, that's kind of cool that they're actually doing something like that and thinking about something like that. But for your average person, they're like, you know, wow, what are you doing again? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and how does it relate to that person? You appreciate it because you know of all the stuff that's going on. But as a normal consumer of just, you know, how am I going to lower my bills is what there I'm thinking go. of. Yeah. That has to, you know, come practical. I started looking at solar panels because my July, and I, I you know, my payment is on auto pay, so sometimes I don't pay attention to my bill. I had a $700 electric oh, bill oh, in July. I have an electric car, so I take more. And our house I would consider is pretty efficient. It's inefficient because we have some big windows that, you know, and we have a, a dog that... Unfortunately, I will get body slammed if I don't leave the AC on because my wife will kill me. And so we go back and you check our AC usage and it's the AC's on in the summer for 14 hours while the dog's there by himself for the whole house. So we could probably do something there where we get a fan or maybe a portable unit. But once, you know, when it was a hundred dollars, a couple hundred dollars, the pain wasn't there. It got seven hundred dollars. I said, hell no, (laughs) we're throwing the dog out or we're doing something. (laughs) So it got to a point where now what do I need to do? So I think I want to go towards that lifestyle, but it has to, you know, pencil out as well. Yeah, Yeah. you got to get a return somehow financially. Mm -hmm. And and unfortunately, that's kind of that's your average consumer, right? Um, I I think we talked about this at the beginning when 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 we were designing buildings, uh, I don't know, 10 years ago. Uh, and there was this whole trend of making the buildings more efficient, and you could get a plaque that says it's certified, and, and you know this, this, and that. It was great, but that was always a question or the bottom line: like, well, how much is it going to cost me, and then what am I going to be saving? And if there was, if you couldn't explain that in in true numbers, then the automatic answer was like, no, thank yeah. you. You know, yeah. um, for the person who who likes a lifestyle and sees the benefits beyond the cost savings, mm-hmm. then at that point it's an easy sell. You know, it's like let's do it. You know. Well, but even then, it's a sell that that takes a little bit of convincing because you know you're prepared to pay five percent more in order to go hundred uh, yeah. percent renewable energy. And mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, my electrical bill is averages something like fifty dollars a month or sixty dollars a month so therefore i can do that and not feel too much pain but it's seven hundred dollars a month and you add another ten percent to that yeah. uh that hurts yeah uh, so even uh, you know it, it takes some convincing doing the right thing is okay so long as it's within reason that's <laughs> right yeah. that's right that's right yeah, yeah. but then uh, one of the other things coming back to our Earth Day event, I'd like to make a couple of other points. Uh, we uh, are looking at the, the restaurants this year, and we've now got a, a vegan restaurant in town, and and the owner was really interested to talk to us about what we're we're going to do, uh, see if we can do something with them. I'd like to encourage people to nice. to eat a green lunch on that day, whether vegetarian or a vegan lunch, and uh, see if we can get some of the restaurants to give us a. a, a 
list of the restaurants which are serving a green dish uh, and advertise them. Uh, nice. Because that's an, rather than having bringing vendors into this place and creating a mess, you know, go eat locally, and you can eat well locally. Uh, and so, there's plenty, uh, yeah, plenty of options, and uh, so that's one thing we'd like to put some some stress on this year. Nice. So, so going back to the event, um, the event is here in Uptown. It's in Uptown on the uh, on Greenleaf at the so-called grassy area, which is. The, the green space next door to the green dollar store, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and across the street from Mimos. That's, uh, that's yeah. my marker, um, and, and then, so it's very accessible. Yeah. And then the hours for the event, uh, we will be ten to two this year. Okay. Uh, and there's also going to be some pre-events leading up to Earth Day as well. So a couple of. Um, movie screenings, slideshow presentations, and other workshops and things like that to lead up to that. Nice. So for that stuff, where should we direct them or where should people go to to find, like, the dates and, and locations? On Instagram? We, we have, have a – there's a, a website, which is uh, whittierearthday.org, and we that would – that's what we should where we should be really getting that information in. It's okay. not, not there yet, but we will be doing that in the next couple of days here, I think. Okay. And I'm posting everything on Instagram as well. And what would they and follow you on Instagram? Sites, yeah. Cleaner, greener, wittier. Nice. Yep. I did have a question from what well, you said mentioned earlier about the hamburger since it's Earth Day. He's hungry. <laughs> no. What what are some of the I know we said the hamburgers on that extreme. What are green foods and, and and when i think of green i think of kale or something like that but is there certain foods or maybe even restaurants that just do a really good job in your guys' opinion with not putting out you know just hamburgers that consume so much um seal too local restaurants yeah local restaurants yeah, or um dishes. modern shaman open up on Greenleaf. um mm-hmm. that is all vegan and it's um less processed so it's real food so it's fruits and vegetables and you know pretty minimal ingredients and um they're doing they're going above and beyond to like reduce their waste and try and be conscious of their plastic use and all of Mm -hmm. that so besides just the food that they're serving they're also being conscious of their trash production the the trick is to still be able to consume some protein oh and so Vegan uh, Jordan knows more about that than I do, but uh, but uh, my family, which has not gone vegetarian or vegan except for one son who's in Washington, uh, we have simply modified our eating pattern. So we uh, we don't eat we eat beef maybe once a month instead of once a beef. We eat chicken on a regular basis. We eat fish, um, and we eat lentils. Yeah, which are very good. And beans are very good for protein. So there are, uh, yeah. And I think maybe the the industry is a little bit behind on coming up with with exotic tasting foods, which are which are uh, really healthy to eat. But but it's there. Nuts, for example, is another very good source of, of food and avoiding the meat. Yeah. Uh, so and, you and just w- eat less of it. You know, if you're going to eat, eat eat a chunk of it, well, a avoid beef if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then stick to a quarter pound. Don't 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 buy a 
32 ounce steak. I mean, you know, it's. I'm a, a growing boy, though. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Well, then you have to talk to your body about this. Yeah. It takes takes a little bit of you know, a little bit of convincing. Sure, sure. I, what are some of the best? Maybe, uh, I mean, are all vegetables produce less waste, or are some vegetables that you say, you know what, these just reproduce themselves really well? Um, I think you could look at food that's grown that's not trans. Like if you're trying to pick a fruit or vegetable that's uh-huh. green, you could look at ones that are grown here so they don't have to be mm. transported around the world to be brought here so that'd be like potatoes you know whatever you find that grows here that's also good for you you know one one thing i i, I learned i we were joking in the beginning of the, the show about being on vacation so i was in costa rica and mm-hmm. so w- one thing I, I i didn't know and i just really never thought about it more than anything the pineapples they were, were on some sort of tour and they said the pineapples here are extremely sweet more more sweet than they are when they go to the states and and they're like well when we pick them here they're ripe and they're ready to serve where when they pick them and they transport them they're still not ripe and they're riping on the, the move over here so i thought that was really interesting so it goes with mm-hmm. what you said if yeah. the fruits are local or the vegetables are local they're gonna mm-hmm. uh, reduce the, they retain the nutritional value yeah. and all of that yeah yeah it was a good reason to go on vacation. So you're telling me I should move to Costa Rica. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Great place. When are we moving? <laughs> Let's sell your house tomorrow. That's right. Yeah. That's right. All right, guys. Well, thank you. Well, actually, before we wrap this up, um, we're going to ask you a couple of your questions. John, you live here. I know you you lived here, moved away, and, and then came back. So That's not quite the pattern. No, go ahead. Or something like that, right, that <laughs> yeah. I remember. You live here in Whittier, Jordan? Yes. I was born here and I've lived here forever. Perfect, perfect. So, so two good candidates, Remo. All right. So, if you were, um, what are your, some of your go-to spots for uh, your local eateries? Your go-to's. Oh well. Um, my my two eat. daughters and I have date night every Friday. Uh, there was no men in their lives, and my wife passed away, so we decided to go out together. So we've been scouting the restaurants and deciding which ones we really like and uh, uh, you know, sometimes Bizarro Capital has always been a popular place. The uh, Greenleaf uh, Thai restaurant down here is uh, really an outstanding place yeah. to eat. Uh, we were big supporters of the Bailey Street Kitchen and it's now changed hands and uh, ate there the other day and it's back on the list. Um <laughs> uh, uh, we violate our principles from time to time and eat at the <laughs> the uh, the mission in omission oh, with uh, what's his name? Is it the Italian restaurant? The Italian, the Italian restaurant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fred. Fred. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a great building, and and he's a wonderful guy, and uh, so we have to choose rather cautiously there. But uh, <laughs> uh, so you know, there are a number of really good restaurants in Whittier. It's not a problem. Nice, Jordan. Um, I don't eat out very often, um, but since Modern Shaman has opened, I've been there a handful of times. So nice. Yeah. And that by a place I've gone there, and it's it's really good. I mean, from a person who's hard to go vegan or vegetarian or even have veggies on my plate. It, <laughs> what is that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really good. It is, yeah. No, I'll add one more, which is a surprising one, and that is the vegetarian omelet at the Greenleaf Cafe. 
mean, the Greenleaf Cafe is a rather big building. Bank of America. Oh, yeah, okay. Or uh, Wells Fargo. Across from Wells Fargo. Nice. Which has got, you know, very sort of popular cuisine. But if you want a decent vegan meal, Uh you can have a vegan omelet there, and you'll walk out feeling really well-fed. Or vegetarian. Vegetarian. I'm sorry. (laughs) You can't wear it. It'll be vegan, can it? It'll be a vegetarian omelet. Nice. Yeah. If... um, if there's something that's missing here in Whittier, what would that be? My experience is what the place is missing is more people walking around on the streets doing exciting things. Uh, I mean, it's very different when you go to Pasadena. The place is full of young people who are you know, either shopping or talking or drinking or going to the movies. I mean, it's a, it's a vital uh, urban culture right. and mm-hmm. I, I don't know what would bring that to Whittier I mean, it may be that we just don't have enough of the right kind of jobs we need a we need a, a tech industry popping up here someplace yeah, I think yeah. it's housing you put housing in uptown Whittier and you get people that walk down walk their dog and get a cup of coffee buy a shirt and yeah what do you think yeah I think I think that's what's the key the kind of critical component for uh, thriving downtown or uptown in this case is that you have more people who are actually invested in in that area a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I'm uh, I've lived in urban areas most of my life now, and so therefore, I, when I came to Whittier, I, I insisted on living walking distance from from uptown. And That's right. That's right. Jordan, what do you what do you think is missing in Whittier? Um, I guess I'll just say what I said earlier, which is charging stations, because <laughs> it's kind of, um, I've had it for two years now, and we've just had to find neighboring cities to charge at. And so you go and you sit in the car and you charge for however long it takes. Sometimes it's up to two hours, and you're just like sitting there, and so you end up going to like the shops that are in that area. And so if, I don't know, if Whittier had that, then it'd be nice, because then I wouldn't have to travel out of our city limits, and we can go visit that area versus neighboring cities. That's where Starbucks, if anybody who owns a Starbucks, you guys got to put a charging station in front of your Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. But they would go to Starbucks anyway. Why would you need to put a charging station? No, because I'm, talking do- a, I'm talking as a landlord. If I was a landlord of Starbucks, why would I put it? I have Starbucks already there. Because then you're going to get dual, dual um, service. instead of- As long as you're charging for the power. Correct. Do, do the places you go to outside of the cities charge for the power? Do to they charge your car? Yes. Oh, they do charge. Okay. Yes. I don't think there's any free ones, is there? No. I think Tesla has, there. Tesla well, has charging ones. Tesla, but it's for Tesla cars, right? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes they glitch and they're free, but mm. that's only... Oh, that's, oh, right. that's just an accident. It's like a accident. parking meter, yeah. right? You gotta <laughs> that's just an accident. So, Remo, what kind of electric car do you drive? I drive a Tesla. You do drive a Tesla. So yeah. how would you like to display that on Earth Day? <laughs> I, I did. Sold. I did uh, sure. two, years two years ago. ago. Uh, oh, yeah. it was yours. Ah, okay. Yeah. Well, you know, plan to come back. Yeah, as long as, uh, you know, we don't have any pen marks on the <laughs> – Well, you might have to put a guard or two around yeah. it. But uh, I mean, I, I, yeah, I would totally allow it to be displayed. Yeah. I'll Owen, get it Owen brought his last year, and he was also very concerned about, about yeah. putting it there. But uh, Yeah, and I would drop it off. And just let it let it be for you guys, as opposed oh. to being around. So as long as okay, someone so says, okay, so you want us to find the yeah, guard? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. If you find the guard, and you know, then then I'm all game for it. Um, deal. Deal. All right. <laughs> or just give me the keys, man. I'll, I'll drive it yeah, around. If now. Jesse is there, <laughs> no, I don't want Jesse. Jesse's not going. 
yeah, Christine, it's anyone, but as long as, yeah, we, we can oh, have okay. it displayed, yeah. Um, nice, nice. One last question. Um, what is it, what is your fondest memory of Whittier growing up? I'll have to think about that for a second. Let's see. Well, she's working on that. I'll say my, I came from my daughter's graduation from Whittier College. Nice. And that was rather an exciting moment. Nice. Yeah. Because your, your family, all your kids, were were they born and raised here too? Or? No, no. Uh, the, uh, this one daughter came here to go to college and, and moved one block away when she uh, finished. And then she moved three blocks away from the college. And so she's still here teaching school. Nice. Yeah, and so we've come back often to see her, and that's really our main connection is, there you is go. to her. And now one other daughter has moved in uh, with me, so Close I've got uh, so I got uh, got two daughters in town. Nice. They all come back. They <laughs> all come back. Yeah, <laughs> I, know, I must say, you reach a certain point in life where that's actually a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I'll say that my son and I we really enjoyed the Greenway Trail and dog park. So that's just been like a really nice addition to just have that place to go and explore. Yeah. Talk about a green thing, right? Yeah. I mean, it's uh, for you to be able to enjoy something that's family friendly. Every, mm -hmm. Actually, everything friendly, right? Because it's even pet friendly. Mm -hmm. The trail. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's a underdeveloped, underutilized, underutilized. Yeah. Um, space. Yes. But man, I mean, I'm glad that at least the city's thinking about doing something like that. Because mm -hmm. it, it is a big, big benefit. Yeah, so. it is. Very cool. Very cool. Well, thank you, guys. Um, again, we'll have that information about the upcoming event on our uh, social media. Uh, we'll get it out there for you guys. And then um, we've already committed to having Remo's car um, <laughs> on, on the show with, with me handing the keys. So I could do some Uber uh, rides. Yes. <laughs> Ferry rides around. We'll just put the, uh, That's right. the back open and put the kids in there. That's and right. That's right. Um, and with that said, Thank you, guys. Thank, thank you for coming. Thank well, thanks for inviting us. It's been a, been a real you. pleasure. Yeah. All right, Whittier. Thank you. Bye, Whittier. <laughs>